0: Love, how you doing? I hope you're well, and welcome to the Light of Speed podcast, where we shed light on the goodness within and the goodness of others by becoming our authentic selves so that we can shine. I am your host, Dr. Felicia Speed, a leadership coach and social worker. And today, I want to pull up an old episode on being still. Because I feel in the midst of the hustle and bustle of the holidays when we are overwhelmed with so many emotions, whether it's grief, whether it's happiness, whether it's expectation, whether it's hope, whether it's frustration, whatever it may be, sometimes we just need to pause for a second and be still. And I encourage you that after listening, please take some time this week To do simply just that. My spiritual mother used to say, people have such a spirit of hurriedness. And I tell you, the older I get, the more I'm aware that yes, this is true. We are becoming a culture of hurriedness and busyness. Like the other day, I was driving at my normal speed. Yes, it's always more than the speed limit unless I see the police. And I'm moving along down 185, which is a toll road. And all of a sudden... This big GMC truck zooms past me with that loud exhaust to get in front of me. And I'm thinking, I guess my 10 over the speed limit still wasn't fast enough for you. But then, when we get to the toll, I have a pass. So I'm able just to slow down and keep moving while Mr. GMC truck had to get in that long line to pay the toll cannot tell you how much happiness I got out of that moment like that's what you get and you're still not gonna get to where you're going any faster big head yes my nine-year-old Fifi self spoke out with the name calling but then I had to ask myself why did this upset me so like and what I realized is when I'm trying my best like how I was moving down 185 and someone still beats me or one-ups me, I feel disrespected. (laughs) I know it ain't right. I'm just being honest. And as a result, it causes that spirit of hurriedness in me. Like I want to bogart with determination to win, to beat. And what I'm learning is that although this may temporarily work, it does not bring me to my authentic self Or the outcome I truly desire. Instead, I'm frustrated, defeated, deflated, angry, guilty, shameful, and the list goes on. But I have to tell you something. During my time of meditation, one day I was just sitting in my chair, talking to the Lord, and I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, Felicia, be still. Now, I have used this scripture, be still and know that I am God for years. I have even shared it with others and encouraged them to use it as a breath, a breath prayer when they're feeling stressed out or anxious, you know, just breathe in. And when you exhale, be still and know that I am God. But on that day, it hit different. Those words, be still, echoed in the corridors of my heart, in those places that I felt empty and unaccomplished, in those days, in those places where I felt like I needed to be more and do more than yesterday. You know, those places where I'm being pushed to hurry up and get everything done. And so when I heard those words, be still, can I be honest? When I heard those powerful words, you would think immediately I would just sit my tail down somewhere. But instead, I was like, I hear your Holy Spirit, but I don't have time to be still. Don't you know what type of job I have? Don't you see all of these responsibilities? Have you not noticed my assignments, my calling, my ministry, my tasks? Have you not seen these people who are depending on me? Where in the ham sandwich have you been? I have to keep moving. Be still? Really? I will be still when I take my last breath. But right now, I need to hurry up and get some things done now. So, but thank you for your suggestion. And before I could get up from this intense conversation that I was having with the Holy Spirit, it felt like something had put weights on my legs and I couldn't move. And I heard him say, did I not tell you? Did I not tell you? did I not tell you to be still? And the thing is, when he said it, he didn't yell at me like I thought he would. Instead, Instead, he got even softer. Be still. And at that moment, I realized, you know what? This is not a suggestion. This is a command. The one who rules my heart was also protecting my heart and my mind from myself. So I sat there in my chair and allowed my heart to speak. And my heart began to express how tired they are from running and bruised that they are not caused by others, but by myself. Yes, I was bruising my heart. The heart shared, I need compassion right now. So can we just not be still? So when I think about being still and what was being asked of me by my heart and being told to me by the Holy spirit, it caused me to want to do a deeper dive. And so when I found Trisha Yoyer who provided five benefits of being still before God, she said, when you are still before God, you know, God, I was like, wait a minute. That's too simple. What do you mean <laughs> when I'm still before him? I know him. Well, Any relationship that I'm in, I do want at some point that person to sit down and talk to me. Because to me, that's the only way you're going to get to know me. You can't just be running around everywhere. Will you not sit down? Will you not turn the TV off? Will you not stop looking at your phone so that you can know me? So yes, I get it. When you are still before God, you know God. She also said, when you are still before God, you realize he is still at work. He does not need your work to succeed for his plan to succeed. Honestly, he doesn't. That means I can get it done without you. I'm just asking you to partner with me, but not to the degree that you're going to wear yourself out. Also, what it means is that you know that God has your future in his hands. Ah, when you can embrace that, you can rest for a second. You can actually breathe. And when you're still before God, you understand yourself better. Yes, you not only know him better, but you know yourself better because you get a glimpse of your life's purpose through his eyes. It's almost like he puts up a video screen and begins to show you your past, your present, and guess what? He'll even let you get a glimpse of your future. But the whole time he's letting you know, hey, I got you. And you realize your future is God's memory and there you can have peace. Yes, your future is in his memory, which means because he's the author and finisher, because he's the alpha and omega, and the Bible says he knows the end from the beginning, then my future is not something that he's trying to create. My future is just being, is just unfolding from his memory. He already has it planned out for me. So what does that mean? I can pause. (laughs) I can sit in my chair. I can be still. I can consider my task and my assignments. I can consider what the expectations are of me. But yet, I can sit down, take a moment, have a little talk, and breathe. And most of all, be still. So I just want you to think about it. When was the last time you allowed yourself to be still? And we'll be right back, right after this break. Welcome back. I am so excited to continue this conversation about being still. And I want to begin with not a movie or a book, but actually a story from the Bible, Mary and Martha. So for some of us, we know the story well. They were some of Jesus' closest friends. In John 11:5, Um, It tells us Jesus loved Martha and her sister and their brother Lazarus. The family believed Jesus was the Messiah and saw him bring their brother back to life. Yes, he resurrected Lazarus. So Jesus spent some of his last days on earth in their comfortable home. But the verse states that the home belongs to Martha, which makes her the head of the household. (laughs) the one that's in control. It is also large enough to accommodate Jesus and his disciples for them to be there and to be fed there. But her response to have Jesus in her home caused her to jump into service mode. You know how we do. She was busy cooking and cleaning and organizing and directing. However, her sister Mary decided to sit and listen at Jesus feet. Now, you can only imagine how this aggravated everything out of Martha. I'm sure all of us have had that moment at a family gathering, a cookout, you know, a picnic or a party, you know, any type of thing that we're trying to run. And we're running around getting things together while others are just laughing and engaging in great conversations. And you're just looking over them like, you don't see me. (laughs) If Martha's anything like us While she is busy running around She's thinking, I would love to laugh and talk Too, but I would love to laugh And talk too, but I do What I'm doing so that y'all Can have something to eat, so y'all can have A place to sit, so that y'all can make sure Everything is in order, that's why I'm having to do everything I don't got time to be trying to do all that Laughing and that talking and sitting Yes, Martha Represents many of us In the story while we commend Martha for her gift, yes, I'm not saying we don't have a desire and a need, and there's a time for service, yes, and she definitely had a gift for it in seeing the needs of others. Yes, there is times for us to meet other people's needs, but let's not just let's not ignore Jesus' response when Martha asked him. Are you not going to make Mary get up and help me? <laughs> he says to Martha, you are concerned about many things, but Mary has chosen the better and it will not be taken from her. Now, I don't think that Jesus is saying that we should never work and get things done, but we need to have a balance between being productive and being still. And And Mary understood in that moment, I want to grab everything I can from this man named Jesus. I value the relationship with him. He just raised my brother from the dead. So the least I could do is sit here and have a conversation. Yeah, we're going to eat. Yeah, the place is clean. It's clean enough. He don't seem to be worried about it. I'm going to sit here and have a conversation. And be present in this moment. So remember, I said, there's a balance between being productive and and being still, there's a balance between a Mary and a Martha. Notice I didn't say busy or operating in the spirit of hurriedness. Instead, I used the word productive. Because see, being busy is fueled by perfectionism, while productivity is is fueled by purpose. I'll say it again. Being, being busy is fueled by perfectionism. While being productive is fueled by purpose. Being busy is about working harder. While being productive is about working smarter. Being busy is about being good at everything. While being productive is about being great at a few things. When we allow ourselves to be productive, then we can easily transition into being still. Yes, Being still. So my question is, how can we be still in our souls? Well, today, stillness can be hard to come by. (laughs) There's just so much going on, so much noise, both inside and outside of our brains. So many tasks on our to-do list, at least several screens within our reach between our computer, our tablet, and our phone. But Oh, I forgot the TV. But stillness is still possible. It too is within our reach whenever we need it, but you have to cultivate stillness while walking on a busy street, while chaos swirls around you. Some of the coolest experiences are to be in the busiest of places and to foster an internal and external stillness for yourself. Karen Lawson, a psychologist, she said, stillness is powerful. Being still is like replenishing the stores. It also allows for time and space. It gives us time and space to self-reflect and actually hear our thoughts. It also soothes our nervous system. It produces the anti-stress fix by allowing us some chill time without totally checking out and being numb to our experience. See, that's what we typically do. We wear ourselves out until we're like zombies instead of realizing, let me just pause for a second. Let me give myself a minute to chill so I can still be present and not numb. I can still experience it, but still give myself that space. Stillness looks different at different moments in different situations. And she noted that her ultimate best still moments are when she turns off the stimuli around her, such as TV and radio, she might shut her eyes to calm her thoughts and focus on her attention on just one thing. And she tries to make the moments as basic and simple as possible. That's what Mary was doing. She decided to just focus on one thing. Here are several insights that Lawson actually gives us on practicing stillness. First, breathe. I know everybody keep telling you to breathe. I know I get tired of being told myself, but what I'm finding sometimes your body needs it. Your heart needs it. Take slow, deep breaths because it induces the parasympathetic system and slows your heart rate down. Again, practice when you need it. When the moment hits you, That's when you need it. Your heart will tell you. Don't you ever think about sometimes you just need a do not disturb sign outside of your heart to say, can you just give me a minute? You know, like when you're in a hotel and they say, put out that do not disturb sign. So won't nobody bother you. Sometimes we need that for our heart. Just a moment of do not disturb. Also, what's recommended is schedule stillness. Put it in your phone, put an alarm on your phone, make it sacred, give yourself a special place, give yourself a favorite spot that you go to, whether it's outdoors or in the bathroom or in your closet, (laughs) listen to music, whatever music soothes your soul and repeat calming phrases like I am calm, I am still, or my favorite, be still and know that I am God. To be still, unable to worry about the needs and chaos of life because of the fear of the Lord. Spending more time remembering how God has blessed you and showed up to rescue you than you do worrying over the everyday struggles of life. You have to make that shift in your mind. I can either focus on all the things that I feel I have no control over or I can take a moment and think about all the things that he is in control of. When you are facing real needs and overwhelming chaos, take those thoughts captive. Spend time every day changing and being aware of the patterns of your thoughts. Peace of mind in the midst of the needs and chaos of everyday life is really possible when we are being still in God. Being still also means to refresh your soul. Your soul needs a refreshing. It deserves it. And I encourage you to take the time for it. Ultimately, what I'm saying, my friend, it is time to shift from the spirit of hurriedness to the spirit of being still. Shift from all the Marthas to have a balance of a Mary and a Martha. You deserve to have restoration for your soul. Give yourself a chance to simply be still. Well, that's all we have time for today. And we'll pick up next week on Wednesday and Wednesday with a new episode. Please encourage others to join our journey by subscribing in whatever platform they use, such as Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Captivate. Or they can check out my website at thelightofspeed.com. Also, Light of Speed can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where I share weekly inspirations to compel us to grow. I would love to hear from you. So please join and inbox me on the Light of Speed Facebook page. Special thanks to the Light of Speed team, Captivate, and Music by It's What Are by Pixabay. Until next time, keep shining.